righty. Hello, Boys R Us listeners. I'm very excited. We have a special guest. He's currently teaching economics at Northwood High School. He's also the boys and girls head coach for water polo. All on top of, he is founder of Wells for Bean. We have Kyle. How are we doing, Kyle? Patreon. Hey, Boys R Us listeners, we really appreciate all of you that have signed up for our Patreon so far. For those of us that haven't yet, we're introducing a new segment. It's going to be called Ian Rant. Now, what did this force LeBron, or as I like to call him, Le GM, do for this season? He needed to retool, right? He wasn't going to accept, oh, just, you know, whatever players, me and AD will carry. No, no, no be some really exciting backstage look at how ian feels about different topics that's just something that didn't make any sense to me i'm like why do you care so much about me and what i'm doing when you can't even do your own job right yeah this is a rant everybody this is real next up you get our pre-show which covers a multitude of topics from social media to advice to everything in between how can you ensure that you're getting the maximum from social media algorithms let's start out with ad free no more interruptions to finish everything up we have video of the interviews check out the boys are us patreon at www.patreon backslash the boys are us hey Ian. good thanks for having me i appreciate it yeah, most definitely. You know, we're we're really glad you were able to take the time be on the show today. We know you have school after this, so we wish you all the luck with that. And um, but just kind of starting out, I'm I'm curious. You know, when you were younger, I'm guessing you were in the world of aquatics, whether it be swimming or playing water polo. What was that like? And then ultimately, what got you into coaching aquatics? Absolutely. You know, it's, it's funny because when I tell this story to people, um, I think a lot of people forget that I'm actually originally from the East coast. And so I, uh, I grew up in Connecticut and I grew up, uh, mostly as a swimmer, you know, I kind of did the same route that a lot of kids do and played a bunch of different sports. Um, but swimming was just one that I loved and, uh, you can imagine in a small state like Connecticut, it was a, a pretty bit or, you know, pretty small uh, sport, um, but was one that was really growing in the area. And um, I think for a number of reasons, just uh, swimming in general was getting bigger on the East Coast with like Michael Phelps and Katie Hopp, all these like Olympic level swimmers. Yeah. Um, but then right around when I was 10, uh, water polo started in Greenwich. And so we kind yeah. of like, were more familiar with like Greenwich Aquatics. And um, back then it was uh, Greenwich Youth Water Polo, so G-Whip. And mm-hmm. uh, that's actually how I, I how I started. They just, you know, kind of were handing out flyers. And like, hey, look, you you swim, you know, or you, do you want to come and play, a, you know, a, a sport uh, with, uh, you know, throwing and things like that? And it was like, at the time, I was like, sure, why not? Yeah. Um, but so I started at Greenwich and uh, played there. And funny enough, my first water polo coach was Chris Ramsey, who um, is now the CEO of USA Water Polo. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Kind of funny how that worked out. Um, yeah. I mean, Greenwich, Greenwich yeah. is like a, a, a very impressive place to start out with. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just wanted to say, like, if any of those listeners out there don't know, 
Greenwich, Connecticut is like a hot, a hotbed for water polo, realistically. Yeah, it really is. I think for the East Coast, especially, you know, it's uh, yes. it's it's really cool to see how much it's grown because okay. uh, I remember having to I'm sure that they still do a lot of traveling, uh, but we'd have to go up to the Naval Academy just to get in like wow. games on the weekend. Yeah. Uh, there really wasn't anyone to play. <laughs> I, I completely understand or anyone that was good enough. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. it is really yeah. cool. I, I know that they've built uh, a bunch of new uh, programs out there like Chelsea Piers and things like that, but it is really cool okay. to see how much it's, it's grown and helped water polo as a sport grow as well. You know, across the nation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So after that you were coaching, where did you go to coach? So, uh, so in 2006 is when my family moved to Southern California. And so that was my freshman year. So it was my freshman year at Northwood. That's how I met, uh, the Carreras. So Steve, Steve was my first coach and okay. I was an assistant there and it probably had to have been my senior year, um, that Ed, uh, needed some help coaching a North or Northwood water polo club. Yeah. And uh, that was really my first time coaching, but I think I was sort of doing it as, um, you know, uh, helping out, you know, Ed and helping out the club. At the time, uh, North Irvine or Northwood Club was like very new. It was something that the Crows were starting uh, when they realized that, you know, the best teams were playing year round. And so that's kind of what you needed to establish. Uh, yeah. But then I They're also. Smart. They're smart. They're, really they're smart. very smart, you know, yeah. and, uh, I think also, uh, Irvine swim league. So really I actually started yeah. off as a, uh, as a coach in the Irvine swim league. I did kind of, you know, I started with swim was pivoting yeah. water polo, but then coaching was actually through the ISL first. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. And then while you were coaching with Ed and Steve, what age groups were you typically coaching? think back then it was a 12U team. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm still, I'm still, uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's 12U only because when I did eventually coach at Northwood, it was kind of cool because we found some old photos of those guys that were on the team, like, uh, yeah. Chris on Colin press, a number of the guys that were on that team, uh, in the same photo with Ed and I quit from 12U. wow and then you were their coach when they were seniors on varsity right is that what you're okay okay yeah wow wow you know really seeing it go full circle that's cool it is and that's been uh one of the most rewarding parts of coaching yeah most definitely and i'm just curious how quickly after that you got the northwood high school coaching job and was it you know the head coach right away or did you start as an assistant Good question. So, and collar and collar look sharp, wrinkle and stain free clothing. Make sure to check it out. Our listeners will be getting a free tie with any purchase with code Boys R Us. Go ahead, put that code in at checkout, and you'll be getting a free tie. Check out and collar. You know, it's, it is kind of funny, uh, kind of reflecting back on how everything kind of happened. Um, so I was, had been the ho- head coach for the Park Paseo North Stars, which is part of the Irvine Swim League for yeah, a while. And I had actually left ISL because I had graduated college. So this was in, uh, boy, it was in 2014. And okay. uh, about after a year after that, um, some parents from that group were calling me and asking if, Hey, 
would you ever be interested in coaching water polo over at Northwood? Because uh, I guess they they were having some issues with uh, mm. really having like stability. You know, I think after uh, after Steve and Ed left for uh, Concordia and Vanguard at the time, yeah. um, okay. you know, as Northwood had just been, I think they had gone through like five coaches in four years. So more than one coach a year was kind of kind of wild. And so, you know, I told him, look, I can come back and I can coach and try to build some stability. But honestly, at the time I was like, I, I don't know how long I'll, I'll be there for. And so, yeah. uh, I was like, if, if stability is something you want, I don't know if I can necessarily provide that, but I can, uh, I can help. And uh, yeah. it was in 2015 that I got hired as the head boys coach. And uh, literally, as I was leaving that interview, uh, they were like, look, do you want to coach girls too? <laughs> so okay. yeah. I had not even thought about, um, but yeah. obviously very thankful that I did. But um, I have a younger sister who's four years younger than me. And so she was a senior at the time um, for the girls program, or she was graduating that year. And uh, I just knew that her experience was, uh, uh, she had a lot of good friends, but they hadn't won a league game in four years or something like that. Wow. Okay. (laughs) And that's really different. I just knew it was going to be a very uh, tough program to kind of, uh, you know, jump into. Interesting. Because you guys have respect now. You know, like you guys are good. Wow. We've, we've definitely grown it. You know, we've we've gotten some club players that have definitely helped. But I think uh, what was nice about the girls is that uh, when I got there, we had a surprising amount of talent. We, they just needed to learn how to do the the basics, you know, and uh, and we just kind of built it from there. You know, yeah, I'm just curious. How was it coaching your sister? I, I just, how would that dynamic um, work? So Grace, uh, so my sister Grace, she actually had graduated uh, oh, the, the okay. year before. So it was okay. the summer after. And so yeah. I was um, you know, interviewing the summer after she got, uh, she graduated. Yeah. Yeah. Cause my sister's like four or five years younger and I, I couldn't really imagine coaching her and just how that interaction would be. Cause like, after right. a practice, you have to go home like your family, you right. know, and it's like, how's that work? You know, I mean, that's, that's very true. You know, uh, <laughs> we, joke, we joke about it now. We're like, oh, man, what if I would have coached you? Um, honestly, I think uh, we, we say like, oh, it would have been fine. But I know that there would have definitely been, uh, like, you know, right. Some back and forth exactly. where it's like. Oh no, that's my, my brother can't tell me to do that, you know. Or they'll talk back to you because that's normal in your relationship, but then you don't want the rest of the team to just start talking back. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. So it's probably uh probably a good thing. It would have been kind of fun and interesting, but I'm sure it was a good <laughs> Okay. Yeah. No, I was just really curious. But yeah, that's that's really good inside knowledge. Um and then how long have you actually been the head coach for the boys and girls team there? Lift off. Hello everybody, is traffic a bummer? Do you enjoy laughing? Or maybe want a way to pass the time? Check out Tier 1. Want to learn how to start a company? Or are you curious how social media algorithms work? Check out Tier 2. And you'll get access to Ian Teachers. Want my help with creative or business questions? Want the best editor? in the game to clean up your content check out tier 3 and gain access to the bulls or us in a circle 
Sign up to get your pricing locked in before prices go up. Sign up today at www.patreon.com forward slash boys are us. So this was my seventh season. Yeah. Seventh. Wow. Okay. So the Irvine schools are starting to get some solid, like long-term coaches like you at Northwood, you know, Ray at Irvine, you know, things like that. I see. Okay. That's That's right. pretty cool. I know. I think uh, I, you know, ironically, it's like, I wasn't sure if I was going to be there for a while, but now I feel uh, very happy, you know, that yeah. it worked out the way that it has. Exactly. And that kind of leads me into the, like the next topic, because ultimately like, coaching is a lot of fun, but there comes a time when you kind of have to make a decision. Like, am I going to go all in on this or is there something else I'm going to focus on? And ultimately you found that, Hey, teaching is something you could do. And what was that process like of actually finding, Hey, teaching could be for me. Right. Well, I think that, um, you know, at the time I was working on Wells for Wellbeing. I was actually working on a for-profit company as well. Um, and there was just a lot of different things going on, but, um, water polo was sort of just a nice, like stress reliever. And it was like something that was nice to have in the afternoon. Um, but I think everyone knows that coaching, um, unless you do club or you, you know, you own club like yourself, which I think is awesome. Um, but, but unless, unless you really go those routes, it's, it's, really, really hard to make a career out of coaching, you know, especially at least at the high school level. Yes. Uh, and so it, it just got to a point, I think, where it was like, okay, I need to start, you know, exploring, like, is this something that like, I am super passionate about enough to the point where like, I'm in it for the long haul, or am I going to, uh, you know, put 100% of my time and effort into something else? And I think that um, right around that time, it just happened to be where um, some of the uh, teachers at Northwood and also some friends were asking like, hey, have you ever considered teaching? And, you know, I think people started planting the idea of like, you know, you, you've been coaching for most of your life, you know, especially since Irvine Swim League and yeah. Northwood and um, it's like, you know, and I honestly, I never really thought about it. I was like, well, what would I teach? You know, it's like, I'm, I'm a you know, I like history and, but I, yeah, I, yeah. I qualified to, you know, teach history. I, I am, <laughs> but, uh, of course, of course. Um, I want an idea for actually, uh, creating business classes and also maybe potentially being the economics teacher. That was much more in a line of my expertise and what I knew. And so I think that idea is what really kind of and I was like, oh, maybe it is something that I would be really good at, but also really passionate about, um, which obviously I think with teaching and coaching should be the number one thing. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so that's, you know, that's kind of, and so it was probably around 2016 or 2017 um, when I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. And uh, that's when I started Chapman and uh, started doing their master's in teaching program. And so it took about a couple of years. Yeah. And then ultimately, how quickly were you able to get that Northwood teaching job? So it took it took a couple of years. Um, It wasn't like automatic. No, no. Sorry. So I should say um, after I was done with Chapman's program, um, they did have one class that was available. And so I kind of just put my foot in the door with one class. And, you know, it ended up 
being at first, you know, I was kind of like, oh, I want more classes, you know, I want to get more experience. Yeah. Trying to see if there is a way that I could, um, like I ended up shadowing different teachers and trying to visit as many classes as I could. Um, yeah. But that was the same year that COVID hit. <laughs> in, in the oh, there you go. Yeah. So, um, and so it was just kind of funny because it was like, you know, I was like, oh, I'm getting my first year of teaching and then COVID hit and I had to basically relearn a bunch of different things. And every teacher was now all of a sudden in a similar boat, but obviously different. Um, yeah. But so it wasn't really until last year that I got more classes. And so this is my third year teaching, I should say. Okay. Uh, but it did kind of take a couple of years uh, to finally get a, a teaching job with that economics. And uh, uh, last year, obviously with COVID too, it wasn't really a uh, full experience, but this year has been the most, uh, <laughs> the closest thing to a normal teaching year. Okay. I, I understand. And, you know, the fact that you're able to push through those times of uncertainty to get to where you are now of like a full slate of classes, you're loving what you're doing, you're coaching, like head coaching both boys and girls. It seems like, you know, if this was your plan, it's all working out very well. You know, the fact that it, you're able to do this all at one place and make the school better as a whole. Um, I think that's absolutely incredible. And how's the next season for boys and girls pull? Like, what's the team looking like? Is it a strong returning year or is it a building year? So I think for boys, we were in division one. I think that that was a little, uh, we're proud to have made it. You know, we, we started in division four and now we're yeah. in division one this year. So proud okay. of the progress, but I do think it was more of a rebuilding year for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. The nice thing though, is that we return most of our uh, varsity team. In fact, we graduated uh, a few starters, but I think we have a lot of younger players. So I think Boys, uh, boys are still in a rebuilding phase, but I think that uh, we expect to be in Division Two, which I think mm -hmm. is actually a better fit for us. Yeah. Uh, and then the girls, uh, we were actually on. It is funny because we were actually expecting to be in Division Three this year. Yeah. Um, but the girls have actually gone from D five to D two, so with something that again, proud of yeah. the progress. Um, but in those power rankings, the girls were in last place of d2 by point, by point one <laughs> so i was we were like yeah. who did we have to lose to last year <laughs> yeah. oh my goodness wow 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 no I understand. You know what? no matter where you're placed you just make the most of it right you try to do yeah. the best you can um this was a very senior heavy team for the girls so i think okay. the girls next year are going to be in a very big rebuild year um, but the nice thing is we have one returning junior that's a uh, all CIF player, all league player. Um, so that's nice. And then everyone else was a uh, sophomore on our JV team. So there's a lot, there's a lot to work with, but I think we are going to be rebuilding, but it kind of, uh, you know what? It's nice because as a coach, it kind of makes you realize, you know what? You got to go back to the drawing board, got to work on fundamentals again. And, yeah. Uh, it, it makes you work more as a coach and then it's even more rewarding to kind of see what happens at that. Moment. So. Yeah. I think that's incredible. And I mean, I, I, I'm very happy to hear that, you know, no matter what you're still trying to get better and trying to win games, you know, and sometimes, yeah, it's better to be in like division two 
over the bottom of division one and have to go against long beach wilson and cdm and right. you know yeah those kinds of things but i know that's again, always been a uh, interesting debate right it's like would yeah. you uh, is especially now you see it in the uh, open versus D one brackets, yes, right? It's like exactly. do you want to be eighth and open, or do you uh-huh. want to be that number one D one team? And, uh, it's a completely is- hard trade off because the open division is almost like just the premium water polo, like that's what it is, and that's to be able to say, yeah. That's exactly right. So, you know, it's uh, my philosophy has always been, you know what, no matter what division you're in, just do the best you can. Yeah. Right? And, uh, you, you worry about it next year when you figure out if there's a, a shifting of the divisions or not, and you just do the best you can. Okay. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you Judge Scuba Steve, a podcast by Stephen Magdaleno. Also, check out Stephen Mag on Twitch. All information in our bio. Um, I think that's absolutely incredible. And something you had touched on a little bit earlier and something I'd love to hear more about, you started Wells for Bean. And I just want to hear a little bit about what that is and then what you plan to do in the future with it. Sure. So when I was at Chapman, I was part of a business group called Enactus. It's a... um, it's an organization that's funded by a lot of the Fortune 500 companies, and it's essentially a uh, student club where they go out and do various business-related projects and then present on them at sort of a conference-like setting. And then the panel of judges are actually executives from these companies. And so it was a pretty cool uh, experience, but I knew that I wanted to do some sort of international project. And so at the time, we had some family friends that were planting churches in uh, third world countries. And so one of them just happened to be Cambodia. And so we did some research on Cambodia and realized that they had some of the world's worst uh, drinking uh, problems, uh, really had to do with, um, like, at the time, I believe the World Health Organization had said 75% of Cambodia's deaths were attributed to contaminated water. And so, but it didn't really necessarily state why or how. And so that was kind of the premise of our project. We went and had an alternative spring break um, and went to Cambodia and learned all about the country as a whole, kind of their background, and also visited very rural areas. And we're just trying to learn as much as we could about, you know, why is this such a, a problem? And We found that a lot of the villages that we visited, a lot of it was education related. Um, Just, you know, simple things that we take for granted. Um, The villagers were collecting rainwater off of their roofs and things like that. Uh, Didn't realize that contaminants were seeping into the water and things like that, but they just thought that rainwater was safe to drink. And so there was a lot of simple things that I, or what we felt were simple at the time that we could do to educate about, you know, how to obtain clean drinking water. Um, We were able to buy really cost-effective water filters and build water wells um, for, you know, at least like in U.S. currency, we're we're very inexpensive. And so that's kind of just how the project started. We um, partnered up with some people and we had it as a Chapman student run 
project and I kind of took the lead on it and we were raising money through selling t-shirts and, you know, all the classic ways of doing that. And uh, mm -hmm. we're then sending the money uh, to build water wells and to uh, distribute water filters. And so after about a year of uh, working with that, um, we started getting bigger donations from businesses or individuals, but they didn't want to donate unless we had a 501c3 status. So a nonprofit status where we could give back a tax refund. Yep. So that's kind of when I was, you know, as my senior year of college and I was like, you know what, maybe this is something that could be, um, you know, it'll be a small nonprofit on the side, but can make a really big difference. And so we did get our 501c3 status and, uh, kind of, and kind of rolled with it through there. And, uh, we, we've been up and running since 2016, um, at a very small scale, but we've done a little over 10 water wells now and have distributed over a uh, hundred water filters. So it's been something that we're, we're proud of doing, um, it's, the numbers I feel like should be higher. We were talking a little bit about how, unfortunately, for the last two years, COVID has kind of sidelined us, yeah. uh, which has been tough for everyone. <laughs> you yeah, know? but and safety is the priority. That's what I always promote. Yeah, that's exactly right. And yeah. so, uh, but I think the future, uh, what we would like to do is we, um, for a long time, we were bringing Chapman students every spring break to kind of continue that trip that we originally took to where it's, we do half of it, uh, kind of learning about the country and going to um, more touristy areas, but um, some of them are like the, the killing fields that are near Phnom Penh, so you're learning more wow. about the history of the country, right? So it's not really yeah. like, uh, not all, like, some of it is, of course, going to like the Angkor Wat runes and more of yeah. the fun, fun touristy things. But also, I think it's important to learn about the uh, country as a whole, right? The background. And, yeah. and then we also spend time, of course, delivering water filters and uh, looking at some of our water well sites. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. You know, to get a college student in on something like that, there's got to be a little bit of draw. You know, we're not going to just go and work the whole time. Yeah, exactly. You know, especially, uh, you know, that's why it's that uh, alternative spring break. Right. Okay. And there you go. <laughs> it's, right. It's harder to convince college students, um, yeah. but I think they've all loved their experience. And uh, so one thing that uh, I would love to do that I've now that I'm more of a uh, uh, full time teacher here at Northwood is I want to start a Wells Wellbeing Club on campus. And so okay. I have a. We have a lot of interest and, um, you know, I, I don't know if we'll be able to bring students to Cambodia, but I think that's definitely something that's uh, on the table. And I think we kind of see it as being an opportunity to not only expand it as a student run kind of organization, but um, it also provides students with a lot of business um, skills, right? It's like, uh, like, this is a small enough nonprofit to where if they want to learn how, you know, how to raise money, how to fundraise, how to okay. sell merchandise and things like that. It can be a very business driven club while also doing uh, good for the world. You know, That's great. Yeah. Especially from the perspective of a nonprofit, you know what I mean? That is all about giving back things like that. You Absolutely. know, with mine, it's a little bit different. It's a business, you know, we're looking at completely different things, you know, um, but ultimately, at the end of the day, like we are trying to give a positive experience and that's what we do. So 
the fact that you're able to do that and help others learn how to navigate a nonprofit, I think is absolutely incredible. And I'm just kind of like curious now, you know, this is, you know, starting to wind down, but I'm just wondering how has social media affected, you know, your job, Wells for Being, all the different things you're doing, because now it's, you know, starting to gain real traction. Just kind of to wrap it up, what is one bit of advice that you live, you know, your life by day to day and has made you the success you are now? Patreon, Boys RS listeners, I can tell we're really enjoying this experience. So I've decided to upgrade our Patreon and what we offer. You'll get all of these episodes ad-free. You will get video of the actual interviews being done. On top of getting exclusive comedy episodes only available on Patreon. Make sure to check it out. The link will be in the description. Okay, I think that's great. I really appreciate you and taking this time again. um, I hope your day goes great and you have a great rest of uh, your week. Absolutely. My pleasure. You too. Thanks. Yeah, have a good one. You too.